Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Hey, welcome back to the Within Her Soul podcast. We are so glad you've joined us again this week. This week, we're talking about strife. We're talking about the spirit of offense, the spirit of strife, arguments, fighting, all the things that come along with strife and how it's ultimately just a lot of times a deception from the the devil or maybe not even a deception. I don't even know if that's the right word. It's just it's just the enemy. Yeah. In general. And that's what he wants for us because he doesn't want us to have good, healthy, thriving relationships. But we are going to use the word of God to combat against that and yeah. to bring those, you know, healthy relationships into our life that or maintain those healthy relationships and do the opposite of what he wants. Exactly. So take that devil. Yeah. I definitely feel like I struggle. I don't necessarily struggle with this because I actually don't have a ton of fights with people, but I will say that I struggle with the spirit of offense quite often. And so I'm actually someone who really does not like to be in quarrels with people for very long. Like it kills me the whole like silent treatment. Like I'm not that girl. I'm like texting you eight times. Let's get on the phone. Let's chat it out. I'm FaceTiming you. Like, let's get, you know, let's get to it because it does. I don't like that feeling of that uncomfortable feeling of like, you're like, are we still mad at each other? Like, what are we doing? And so for me, I really had to pray over this this past year because I would normally commend myself for that. I would say like, I am very confrontational and I would say that I would like quote unquote a little bit more bold in kind of leaning into that hard conversation because I would have that hope in reconciliation and like moving past it. But at the same time, the Lord really, it's so crazy when you walk with Jesus, he just kind of shows you more and more and more of yourself. And you're like, all these things I used to think were really great about myself are really maybe not. And so, and also get in a relationship that's godly. They'll shine some lights on you for sure. But I started realizing that my quote unquote boldness to speak out when there's confrontation wasn't always wise. And that there was also some foolishness behind that because I was immediately getting offensive and immediately going to this person and saying, this offended me. Well, that gives the enemy perfect platform to use the spirit of offense that I had to blindside somebody else and not even have truth behind it. And so I really have had to pray about this a lot and, you know, kind of ask myself, am I actually offended or is the enemy wanting me to be offended right now based off of lies that not only am I telling myself, but that he's whispering in my ears, you know? And so like, for example, um, you know, me and Corey will be having a conversation and he is very playful and he'll say something and I immediately will get so offended. And it's not actually anything that he said wrong. It's, my past or my traumas or something that happened. And in the beginning of our relationship, you know, a year ago, I would have been like, what did you say? What did you just say? And he's like, wait, what? Like, what did I say? Like, then there's like this uncomfortable, you know, exchange between us. And I would immediately say, okay, I need to tell him that I'm offended so that he doesn't do it again. And so that was my 
kind of routine. I would continue to do that where if anyone said anything that offended me, I would then immediately need to tell them that they offended me. And so now the Lord's really been working on my heart. And he says, instead of telling him that you're offended, come to me and let me shine some lights on maybe why you're offended. And so whenever I started practicing this, I would say 90% of the time, the thing that he said wasn't actually offensive and that it was something in me that I needed to realize that I'm, I don't have to get offended by everything. Like there isn't this arrow on my back that people are just trying to call out my flaws all the time. You know, I'm the one that's shooting those arrows. And so, and obviously a lot of therapy has helped me with this, but knowing this and running to God before I go run out to all these people and telling them how they offended me has helped me tremendously because really I was acting out in foolishness whenever I was doing that, because I was thinking I could handle it in my own hands. And really what I was doing was creating a ton of false narratives and mm-hmm. things that weren't actually true. And so this has helped me in my relationship quite a bit. And I have realized you can catch yourself arguing about stuff that you're, and you're like realizing you guys are both on the same page and you're like, hold on, what are we even arguing about? And you kind of have that little chuckle. Cause you're like, wait, we're literally on the same page. And that's where you can literally see the enemy sitting in the room with you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, did my job, you know? And so it's just crazy. It's, it's just, that is the spirit of strife and that the enemy wants nothing more than to break those kingdom relationships. So, right. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, there's definitely a time to let someone know that they offended you. And there's definitely a time to speak and to apologize or whatever, but it's like, you just said, like, sometimes the wisest thing to do is say nothing. And I feel like, you know, we're going to share some practical, like, tips, I guess, even though this is something that we're both obviously still learning every day. Um, but like you just made me think of like something good is that like, regardless of how many practical tips we give to this, it's always going to be circumstantial. And so we just, you have to like have the discernment from the Holy spirit, because this isn't like a one size fits all. Like there's no, just one solution for strife because it's like, you were just saying, like, sometimes we, the best thing to do is to be quiet. Sometimes the best thing to do, you know, and so it's just, I think we have to be so reliant on the Lord always. And I'm going to be the first to say that I'm like so bad at that a lot of times, because a lot of times I'll think that I can handle it on my own. And I'll just think, oh, well, I know what I need to say. And I just need, I need to go ahead and tell him that blah, 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 blah. And then it just turns into this big thing that was totally unnecessary, you know? So you're like, how did we get here? That's, I feel like I catch myself saying that all the time where I'm like, how did, and like even fights with, I've had with friends or even, you know, Corey or my family. And I'm like, we're sitting at it. And we're like, how did we get from this like really calm, peaceful kind yeah. of talking, just playfully back and forth to like, now it's gotten a little mean or maybe angry. And you're like, we're saying things we don't actually mean. We're just talking to talk. You catch yeah. yourself in those moments and you're just like, how did we get here? <laughs> yep. 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 And it's oftentimes in those situations where you're like, okay, I, now that I'm like taking a sec to sit back a little bit and look around, I'm like, this is 100% the devil. And it's so mm. funny. Well, it's actually not funny, but I was talking to one of my clients about the same thing recently. And she's like, do you ever notice that a lot of the arguments that you get in are on the way to church? And I was like, holy cow. Like that's one of the only times that we ever argue. Like me and yeah. John don't argue a lot at all. I mean, we do, you know, every here and there, like every couple does, but oftentimes it's on the way to church. Why is that? You know, it's not ever anything big that just so happens to happen on the way to church every time. Yeah. And it has to be the enemy. You know, of course he wants you going into church, feeling awkward and being distracted 
you know, by what's going on with your, your, you know, your significant other or whatever. He wants it. Our minds not focused on the Lord while we're there. Mm. Very interesting. But before we go on into like some of these main points that we want to make about strife, I did want to make a point just to say, I remember back when I was younger, I really was not someone that wanted to apologize very easily. You know, I wanted to always think that I was right or that if something was wrong, it was on that person. And I think the Lord has really humbled me over the years, especially if you're not humbled, you know, yet in this sense, it's going to happen when you get married. He's really shown me that, you know, just because like, I may think that I've not, I haven't done anything wrong or whatever, like it still hurt that person. So it's not my job to sit here and be like, well, they just need to get over it, you know, or they need to have thicker skin or whatever. Like I, I obviously did something that hurt them. Now, whether I think that was a big deal or not, it still hurt that person. And so a lot of times, you know, when I say something that hurts my husband, I may not think it was a big deal or whatever. I may not have, you know, thought whatever, but I've still got to kind of like flip the switch and put myself in his shoes and think, okay, it did, it did hurt him, you know? So just going on and like sucking it up and just being like, Hey, I'm sorry about that. Like that wasn't right. Or even just saying, Hey, I'm sorry that hurt you. Like that was not my intention at all, but it obviously hurt you or it obviously irritated you or bothered or offended you, whatever. I'm sorry. I want to do better. I don't want to do that again. And seriously, it is amazing how, at least for us, like the whole spirit of strife will just drop right then and there. And usually like we'll hug or we'll start just like laughing or, you know, make a joke or something like that. Yeah. And that's exactly what the enemy does not want. Yeah. So I think the more like quick to apologize that we can be now, We've also done an episode on this. Don't go saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about everything. That's like a whole nother extreme. But like when you've hurt the person clearly and you can make a sincere apology, I think that, you know, we can do that. Well, it's interesting that God calls us to forgive and he's very stern on this. Like he says to us, you know, how dare you not to forgive your others when I have forgiven you? And like, that's a reoccurring statement in the word and forgiveness really is connected to freedom, to healing, to all these things in the Bible. And it's interesting enough to say that, you know, where there is forgiveness and love, the spirit of strife cannot be there. And so if the enemy knows that, if there is unforgiveness, whenever the spirit of strife is around you, that is where most unforgiveness is going to start going to start with this small little fight that you have with somebody. It's going to turn into a lifetime resentment. It's going to turn into years of you just, uh, what's it called when you like, is it fester? Fester over, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is the word. Yeah. Can't do grammar. Um, Fester, you know, for years and years and years. And all of a sudden now you've like lost this friend or you've broken this relationship, or you could be in a marriage for 15 years, still fighting about what happened, you know, two months after you first got married, you know, and it's, it's interesting because where there is that unforgiveness, you have that, the, the enemy can just come in and just keep bringing it up. It's like picking the scab and letting it bleed again, you know? And so I think that's also why forgiveness is so important in these moments, like Sid said, because you might not have thought it was that big of a deal, but it can turn into so much more if it's not handled the way that God calls us to handle that, which we'll, we'll get into. But I did want to talk about, so whenever we were looking up scripture for this, you know, we found this article and it actually had six reasons why God hates strife. And we got it from the gotquestions.org website. 
And so if you ever just like needing a good resource, you know, we get some of our stuff from them and we wanted to go over those six things with you so that you can actually understand the importance of this and why God truly does hate the spirit of strife. And it says that in his word. And so for me, like reading these, it helped me understand why it's so important not to act in my own ways when it comes to offense and how God sees this and the the impact that the spirit of strife has on our relationships. And so we're going to go over these, but don't worry. We're also going to give you ways so that you can handle the spirit of strife and how to handle arguments. And, and when you are offended so that there is um, there's encouragement in that. But one of the very first reasons why God doesn't like strife is that it destroys unity. Unity was based on the truth of God. And it is so important to Jesus. And it actually says in John 17, 22, and he specifically says, you know, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. And what he's saying is, you know, he wants us to be one with him, but he also wants us to be one with each other because where there's unity, there's God there. And so anything that shatters that unity is the enemy of the church and an enemy of God. And so First and foremost, that is what arguments do. It splits people apart. It breaks those relationships. So we know that that is displeasing to God for that reason. Right. And, you know, on the marriage topic, marriage is such a godly thing. It is a godly sacrament. Like this is something that God created and the enemy wants nothing more than to destroy that. Right. And he usually does that through strife. So that's why we just have to be so on guard, you know, against strife in our marriages and our relationships and just quick to forgive, you know, quick to give that grace that we so often need and that Jesus gave us quick to apologize because it is often a spiritual attack. And we, you know, we just have to stand our guard and like refuse to give the enemy what he's wanting. And then the second thing is strife is the opposite of love. And God is love, right? So if we're constantly striving to be more like God, then we should be going in the opposite direction of strife when at all possible. In 1 John 4, it says, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And to me, that's like, that hits me like a ton of bricks. Like this is telling me if I don't love, so if I'm like living in strife, then I don't know God, you know? And that's a big deal. (laughs) Like, so yeah, I mean, to me, that's just like super plain and simple that it's a commandment. Like we need to strive to stay away from strife as much as we can. Yeah. That one hit me hard too. Cause I know when I'm offended, I am offended. I'm like, I think about it all the time. I'm like replaying the words that they said to me or like replaying that offense in my heart. And I'm reminded that whenever I'm doing that, my heart is being hardened and where my heart is hardened, God can't intervene and, and help that situation. If I'm not willing to love that person and be willing to have God work in that situation. And whenever we don't have love for that person, we really aren't asking God to intervene and help because we could care less at that point. So yeah, that one hit me like reading, having even you reread that to me, I'm like, Ooh, you know, when there isn't love, there isn't God. And when you are a Christian, that's kind of your fear. You don't want to be far from God. So it's, that one's a big one. Um, Number three was strife confuses the world that is watching. So in the Bible, Jesus instructed his disciples to love each other as he has loved them so that the world will know that they belong to him. So we love others 
so that people can see that we're different. Like the purpose of our love for each other is so that the world that is lost out there, that are broken and are confused and are just longing for something can see the difference Christ has made in our life. And so they should see the difference in us. They should see the joy that we carry. And when we show the world our strife and our anger and our judgments and our lack of forgiveness and our lack of grace and our criticism, we show ourselves to be hypocrites. Like we show ourselves as the complete opposite of what God calls us to be, you know, and we really do set up the rest of God's truth as just a target of mockery and that we don't actually mean what we say. And when we as Christians refuse to act, like react or participate in the spirit of strife, that's what happens. And so, yeah, it's really important that whenever we are in these moments, gosh, especially on social media, y'all, if you see something that upsets you or offends you and you are immediate to react and, and cause a quarrel it is a perfect way for someone who is an unbeliever to not see Jesus. Right. And so there is that fine line of, and I think we talked about this even in our political um, episode about when do you speak up and when do you stay silent? Because anything that's not done out of love is not from God. And so just remember, if you're about to react to something, ask yourself, is this coming from love or is this coming from my flesh? Because I would even say 80% of the time, especially on social media, probably even higher, it's coming from flesh. And so just remember the world is watching. The world is looking to see how you react to things. And it's hard. It's honestly, we we need to do an episode about this because it's hard being a Christian. (laughs) It really is. But man, is it worth it? Like it, it doesn't have to be um, hard. We don't talk about the rewards nearly as much because it's so rewarding, but there, there are things that the Lord really does help you learn areas of your life that you want to improve. And so, yeah, definitely have to be cautious because the world is watching us. Right. And this next one goes pretty much along with that one. But number four is strife can push people away from the church. You know, when people first come into the church or come to know Jesus, they're expecting kind of like Joe just said, they're expecting something to be different in us. They're expecting because we follow Jesus and are striving to live in his ways that, you know, that there's going to be like a sense of peace and a sense of unity there. And that's something that people come to the church for. That's something that they need, that they're looking for. So, you know, just for an example, like if in our church groups or our small groups or whatever church, anything related and not even necessarily church related, but if they're full of gossip or slander or strife, whatever, those newer Christians, they see that and it can easily give them the wrong impression and it can easily drive them away. Like you've heard of people saying, oh, well, I have church hurt. So, you know, I was hurt by a church when I was younger and I've never gone back because they saw people not behaving as Christians. And of course, we're all human and we're all going to sin and things like that. But it's one thing to, you know, make a mistake. And then it's another thing for us to just live in a state of strife as a church or, you know, gossip or slander about other people, you know, other Christians, other people. Um, because like Joe said, people are watching, you know, non-believers are watching and newer Christians are watching. And the last thing that we want is to deter someone and, you know, make them want to go the other way, especially if they've just become a Christian, you know? Mm. So true. I also feel like there's a difference. Like we're always going to sin because we're, we're of sin, you know, and thank goodness for God's grace on us and his guidance in our life. But that's, there's a difference. I feel like, and maybe this is just my own words and my own opinions, but between sinning and then choosing sin intentionally and looking past what God, it's like, 
what is that scripture? And we don't even have to look it up, but like, there's a difference between knowing the word and not following it than the one who didn't know the word, you know? And so like, it's just a reminder that whenever we do know the word and we choose to not do it, there's a little bit more heaviness on that than if you were to like be sinning your whole life. And all of a sudden you're like, the scales are lifted off your eyes and you're like, wow, I should have never been doing this. You know, there's so much different avenues of the way we sin in our lives. But just like Sid said, when we choose to do it, that's hurtful to others. And those people do lose sight of Jesus or they have that wrong impression. And that's, that can be detrimental to their walk with God, which we don't want to impact in that way. Okay. Number five is strife is a sign of worldliness. So in first Corinthians three, three, it actually says you are still of the flesh. And Paul, Paul told one church for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? So this is really saying like, you know, as we mature in our spiritual walk, we really should be acknowledging ways that we can grow in our spiritual values. And if we catch ourselves acting in the flesh, that's a way for us to self-evaluate. We're acting in a worldly way and not in, in the spiritual godly way. And it's like I was saying on point number four, it's hard. Being a Christian sometimes is hard because you're kind of like, wow, I'm now seeing how to not be, you know, of the world, you know, and how not to be so attached to it when everyone else is, you will be challenged in this way, but it's just showing you that strife really is a sign of worldliness. And when you're getting caught up in that, the best thing to do is just kind of be self-aware when you're in it so that you can step away from it and act as God would call you, call you to. And we'll get more into how to handle strife here in a second, but it is just a reminder that when you're participating in this, you are actually being a part of the world and you're not being set apart like God calls us to. Yeah, very true. And then the last thing is strife distracts us from our ultimate purpose, which is making disciples. So, you know, we see at the very end of of the book of Matthew, Matthew 28, 19, the great commission, the last thing that Jesus said before he left the planet is, you know, go into every nation, make disciples, make disciples of all the nations. You know, he made that command very clear to us and fulfillment of that command is the enemy's biggest fear. So what he tries to do is he tries to keep us tangled up in our own, you know, disagreements, disappointments, you know, offenses, these things that cause us strife so that we can limit our impact on the lost world. He wants to keep us Mm -hmm. so distracted by those things and focused on those things that we can't focus on what really truly matters. So I'm going to be honest. I have been around, you know, Christians in the past and I'm, I'm going to, I'm not even going to say like, I've never done this. I know I probably have done this as well, where we get so caught up in arguing about uh, religious doctrine and about, you know, some of the grayer areas of the Bible, things that aren't so black and white. We as Christians literally will sit here and waste our time arguing about that and arguing about the way that another preacher preaches or arguing about, you know, the way that one church teaches that we are literally completely missing the point. I feel like God's just like standing up in heaven and being like, okay, you're literally wasting your time. Like I give you this short of a life and you're spending it fighting about the way that the gospel needs to be shared. Like just go share it instead, you know? Um, and so, yeah, just focusing on like those non-essential doctrinal arguments and things like that. Um, it makes us forget that obedience and love are the marks of a mature believer. 
right? So Mm -hmm. when we allow strife to dictate our choices, we fall short of the actual mandate that Jesus gave us. Mm, That is so good. And I also feel like even when you were talking about how like that, the fulfillment of that is Satan's biggest fear. It really allows you to kind of like for right now, even for me, I'm like looking at all these broken friendships I've had. And I was like, whoa, I can see where the enemy came in and made sure those were severed for certain. And I'm not saying that God also doesn't take people out of our lives for certain reasons, but for the most part, a lot of my friendship have ended with like this nastiness. There's like a nastiness that happened. And it's, it's just interesting to kind of look at and be like, interesting. There could have been something there that the enemy did not want to happen. Like it kind of has me self-evaluating kind of what God or Jesus actually tells us to do in our relationship, because I know I have not handled strife well in the past at all. And so, yeah. Okay. I feel like, sure. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like this needs to be shared right now. Like, so several years back, like Jordan and I were very close. Like we knew each other through network marketing. We like worked side by side. And when I left the company that we were with, Jordan and I went through a season of strife where we like were not happy with each other. And looking back now, like just hearing you say that, it makes me think like, of course the enemy didn't want us to be wow. friends. Like, look, look at this podcast and like, no, I literally have chills. That it's reached. Isn't that crazy? You know, reached women. It's reached. Did I say it right? Like, yeah. glory to God. Like, not us. Like, we're just trying to be obedient and like record the podcast each week. But like, of course, the devil did not want this to happen. And can I even add a point to that, that it's interesting that like our friendship really didn't even like get to mend again until I walked through your shoes and I had to leave, you know? And so it's interesting that God had me leave an avenue and then he put you on my heart saying, look how you mistreated her in those ways. Like, it's just crazy how God will, he still shows up even when the enemy tries to take away. I think that's kind of the encouraging word here is that if you can be obedient to God mending and having those tough conversations, because like we said earlier, not saying something is not always the right way. That can also cause a lot of resentment, you know? So there was tough conversations even me and Sid had to have, but with time and God leading those conversations, you're so right. Like we would have never had this podcast if we wouldn't have put all of that behind us and actually truly apologized and meant it and like had those hard, hard conversations, but that's yeah. wild. Yeah. And you know, like some good can come out of it too. Like what the enemy intends for evil, God will use for good. Because I think because me and you have gone through some stuff in the past, Jordan, like when it comes to our ministry, we are very open with each other. We know yeah. how to communicate with each other. We you know, like I said, we were open and we just share what's on our heart. And it's, it's a very good relationship. Like my church says this a lot. And I think this is something that to keep with you guys who are listening, they say lean into awkward. And the reason being is because when you lean into awkward, the truth comes out and anywhere there's truth, there's, there's, oh, what's the word anywhere there's truth, there's freedom or there's healing or something like that. And what happens is, is people keep And this is kind of what I was saying earlier is like, I thought my boldness to speak up all the time was me making sure that there was no resentment, but the enemy could still take that from me and use my own arrogance and foolishness and have me thinking like very prideful. So it's always good to pray and like be in the Holy Spirit when you are having these hard hard conversations. But when you lean into that awkward, like me and Sid have had some awkward conversations. Anytime you partner with someone in business or ministry, like, if we weren't okay to have those awkward conversations, we wouldn't be here. 
So like leaning into the awkward and having those, but doing it with love, which will go into some things that you guys can do in like practical ways, but it's important. It's just making sure you're not acting out in the spirit of strife and you're actually acting out in the Holy Spirit because there's a complete difference for sure. This is just literally so strong on my heart and it has been for the past like two minutes, but like I have a word for somebody and like somebody is listening to this or will listen to this who needs to go make it right with somebody. Like mm-hmm. there is a girlfriend that you are having strife with. Maybe it's been going on a while. Um, and the Lord has something for the two of you. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's necessarily a podcast or a business or you know, yeah. a ministry, but like there's something that the Lord wants to do. And it may be something that you never even know about on this side of heaven, but you need to go and, and make it right with that person. And like Jordan said, lean into the awkward. It may be awkward. It may be uncomfortable. You may, you know, start crying in the middle of the conversation. You may feel embarrassed or like an idiot or whatever, but you're not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you're literally not going to die because of the conversation. Like you're going to be okay. And you're going to be so glad that you did it. Mm, so. And there'll be so much healing. I, yeah. That excites me for whoever that's for. Cause they'll be able to see the, the promise behind that and see where it takes that friendship or that relationship or whoever it might be. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. So clearly life is a lot better without strife in it, according to everything that we just read from the Bible. But here are, um, you know, just a few practical things that we've done aside from the things that we've already shared, right? You know, when strife tries to come at us, our friendships, our relationships with our fiance, my husband, um, and these aren't in any certain order. They're not like steps that you should take, but these are just, you know, we're just going to throw out a few different things that we've done practically that have helped. Yeah. So we would say that the first one is pray. And I, if I know we're not putting these in order, but I would say above all else, pray first, then everything else you do can come out of order or whatever sees fit for this situation. Cause every situation is different, but anytime you catch yourself offensive, angry, mad, hateful, resentful, anything that you know is not from God, go into prayer and have him one expose anything that you need to see for yourself. Let me tell you the most humbling thing you can do when you're angry at someone is turn the light back on yourself because sometimes it allows you to see something you might've not have seen. Just like Sid said, her being able to go into John's perspective and say, you know what? I did offend him. Even if that meant nothing to me, being able to go into the other person's perspective you really are walking like Christ in that moment. And that is a beautiful thing. So just pray, ask the Lord to expose anything of your heart that's prideful or wrong, or maybe something you didn't quite understand in the moment of being like heated and angry, but also allow, I pray this a lot. I'm like, Lord, show me the way you see them. Because if I can see them the way the Lord sees them, I'm going to be walking in gentleness and love because Uh, that's what God sees them as. And I've been practicing this, I would say like firmly for the past six months, eight months since I've been going to therapy and, you know, getting engaged in just really the heaviness of marriage. And it has changed drastically on any arguments I've had in the past of seeing them just the way that God sees them. It it changes the way my heart sees them. So. Oh yeah. Because anytime that we're looking at someone through the lens of Jesus, it's going to be through grace. Yeah, always. Hmm. So the next thing that I want to say is just like take some space. Like sometimes that is the best thing you can do is close your mouth and just be like, you know what? I, I need to walk away for a minute. <laughs> because so funny. I struggle with nothing. that. Do what? So I struggle so much with this. Yeah. <sighs> well, 
Yeah, I think I do too. And my husband's really good at it. And I'll be like, oh no, you better come back here. Like we're going to talk it out right now. But like sometimes we really need to take a little bit of space, take a breather so that we don't speak out of emotion. Because a lot of times when we speak out of emotion, we say things that we don't mean. And that just makes the strife 10 times worse. So when you know... You know, it's interesting. I just thought about this now when you're like, let's say me and you, me and you are arguing right now about something we're listening to our own thoughts that are being responded based off of what your words are. When you take space, no one's yelling at you. No one's throwing offense at you. No one's doing that. So the only person you have to listen to is yourself and God. So when you take space, you're now isolated. Therefore, I think any fight that me and Corey have ever had was so much better after space had happened. Like when we were able to walk away and come back, there was always this like overwhelming grace that happened. We're like, we're so sorry. What are we even talking about? Like, I love you. You love me. Why are we talking about that? You know, like there's always that like overwhelming grace that outpours from our heart. And it just shows you that that space can help with that for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that John and I do is now I'm not saying you can do this in every situation because sometimes you truly are like offended or, you know, Like you truly need to talk things out, but some like petty little things will literally just laugh it off. Like we will be in the heat of the silliest argument. And one of us will just like say something to make fun of the other one, not like in a mean way, but in like a funny way. And then we just like, the other one will try not to laugh. And then we're just like, (laughs) you know, we just like slowly start busting out laughing. And then I'm like, John, this is so stupid. Like, what are we even talking about? And then we just end up laughing it off and it works out. (laughs) Well, I do think there's some goodness in knowing that like not every fight has to have this solution if they're if the fight was never needing to be had in the first place. Yes. You know, like I think it's like one of those things where sometimes we feel like the fight isn't over unless there's like someone apologizing or someone making amends or like something like that. But also you have to remember that the enemy can use literally anything, anything to cause a fight. And I mean, the silliest of things, Corey does this silly thing where he slams on his brake and yells bang as loud as he can because he thinks it's funny. And like half the time it's funny, half the times it causes like an uproar in me. And sometimes it causes a fight. And I'm like, why do you still do this knowing there's a 50% chance that we're going to fight? You know, and like those moments, it's kind of like, why don't I just be playful with him and let him pretend to throw me out the front windshield for fun. I don't know. But like, it's like those moments where I'm like, you know, if he wasn't here to do that, I would, I would, I'm going to long for that someday. So why am I letting the enemy get so mad about it? You know, right. and so it was just those little things where that's where you just have to laugh it off and, and have fun in life and realize that not everything has to have this like serious blown yeah. out argument about something that never even needed to be argued over in the first place. Right. Um, and a lot of times we may think that we're super offended about something, but a lot of times it is our hormones. Like a lot of yeah, like that's when true. we're in like our luteal phase, which is the phase right before your period or, you know, on your period, sometimes we can get really like a lot more hurt by something than we really, I hate to use the word should, but like normally yeah. should have or would have. Um, it makes me think of this funny meme that I saw and it's like this girl's like sitting at her kitchen, like bar stool or whatever. And she's just like overlooking this basket of fruit. The meme says PMS got me like, and she's just staring at the fruit and it says stupid fruit. (laughs) (laughs) Cause we can just get so mad about things that literally do not like stupid bug outside my window. I hate that bug. That's true. And man, our. (laughs) Spouses and husbands and boyfriends are the first 
to be the targets of that whenever we're in those emotions yes. for sure. So that's so true. Another way I was talking to Sid about this, and this is something me and Corey have learned in therapy is in those moments where you truly are offended, where you're like, there's no way I'm laughing this off. Like that one cut a little deeper than it should have or whatever it might be. Something that me and Corey have learned to do, and we're practicing this, we are not perfect at all, but is we use reassuring words. So when someone tells you what they did, you reflect back and repeat what they said. So this is a like, I hear you, I validate you, I hear what you're saying. And then you add that value to it. So if someone says like, that really hurt my feelings, you could say, I could understand how me saying that to you would have hurt your feelings. And I would never intentionally mean for that. And you add value to it. So you're saying, I'm going to work really hard not to say that again, but please help me if you catch me saying it again. And you know, like it's that understanding and like just being heard half the time, especially as women means the world to us. We just want to feel heard and understood. And so just using that reassuring kind of value words, that's what we call them like value words, but being able to say, I hear you. And I am really sorry. I totally didn't mean to do that. Then all of a sudden there is no room for you to be mad anymore. You're like, well, dang, they handled that really well. And they just apologized instantly and understood me. So cool. Yeah. Do you want to get lunch? Like it's yeah. over. You know, there's not this hour long fight. It, and so just kind of both of you guys being able to practice that, I think if it's whether with friends, spouse, parents, siblings is super helpful. Yeah. That's so true because there's been many times that John and I have, you know, argued about something and all I've wanted, like, I don't want him to fix it, but I just want him to, I just want to know that he understands my, my point or how yeah. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and the final thing, which we kind of talked about this earlier is seriously just apologizing and slash or forgiving, even when you don't want to sometimes, you know, take a little bit of space and then just be like, you know what? That may not have seemed like a big deal to me, but it clearly hurt that person. And I'm just going to go apologize. Like, and literally it takes two seconds to say, I'm sorry. And it can make it so much better. Like it could literally end the whole, the whole argument. So I also feel like adding to this forgiving, I think I, and I'm just going to be really honest. I'm okay with the apology part. Mine is really dropping it once he's apologized or the friend has apologized or like, and it was genuine where I'm like, wow, they really didn't mean that. Then it's on me to drop it. So I have struggled with this where like in that moment where, you know, let's say it is Corey. He's like, I hear you. I'm really sorry. I will work on that. I really have had to pray. I'm like, okay, now drop it, leave it. Like, just like God has washed away everything that I've personally done. Now I need to do that for my people that I love. And so if you're struggling with that, no, you're not alone in that. Cause I know I definitely struggle. Like I can apologize all day long, but it's actually the forgiving part where I'm like, okay, now I have to forget about it. Now I have to really forget that that was said or that that hurt my feelings or that this girl did this to me or like whatever it was. And so, yeah, I got it. I'm still working on that one. And that's a really good point. And I think also like sometimes just because someone apologizes doesn't mean that you have to drop it right then and there, because sometimes you may need to do a little bit of explaining like, Hey, I really appreciate your apology, but can I tell you why like that hurt me so bad? Because they may need to know some of the reasoning behind it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Hopping into our soul scriptures. The first one, and this is the one that I always think of when it comes to strife is Ephesians 6, 12, 
which is for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And basically what the scripture is telling us is even though we can't see it, there is a spiritual world all around us, the heavenly places. That's not just necessarily talking about heaven, but it's talking about the spiritual realm. And so a lot of times, you know, if maybe not all the time, you know, this strife and this, uh, you know, spirit of offense and all the things that is coming from the enemy. It's not, you know, it's not your husband saying these things that's, you know, he's just trying to hurt you. He's being influenced by, by the enemy because we live in a fallen world, not because he's possessed or there's anything wrong with him or anything like that, but because the enemy is constantly trying to play in on anything that he can. Yeah. Mm. And I want to say this too, about the one you just said, just as, as a reminder that as hard as the enemy comes at us, we have so much more authority in Jesus. And like, that's why it's so important to read your word, because it actually does say that we have authority just speaking the name of Jesus. Like, I can't tell you how many times me and even Corey have been in an argument to where we're like, let's pray for a second. Like, let's actually stop and we'll pray. And there is just like this lift of like fresh breath where we're like, okay. And, and so I just wanted to add that in there. Cause I do feel like we've kind of just been like the enemy, the enemy, the enemy. Yeah. I agree. Whole, yeah. Like we've both been like that this whole episode, but just as a reminder that like, we literally have authority in just speaking the word of Jesus in any argument or, um, uh, environment that we're in. And so just as a reminder, like you do have that authority and that's why like having the fruit of the spirit in your heart and knowing that and like practicing that strife won't even, or the enemy can't really even have a way in your life at all mm-hmm. whenever you do practice these things. So I just want to add that. Yeah. And um, the enemy is not to be feared whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, He tries to make himself appear to be a lion when really he's just like a little cockroach that you can just step on and squash. Yep. You know, like we have the lion of Judah, the roaring lion, the true lion living inside of us. And yeah, there's just literally no comparison in power. It's why. And I think the whole point of me and Sid bringing up the enemy so much is because it's wise to know his tactics. Mm-hmm. It's actually unwise to act like the enemy does not exist, but it's wise to know your power against him because you will have to activate those. That's why the whole book of Ephesians is talking about putting on the armor of God because Paul, was it Paul? I don't think Paul would have told us to do that if we didn't need to do it. So it's not that you won't be affected by it, but you do need to know your authority. And so that's just a good reminder when we, cause we will, me and Sid do talk about the enemy a lot, even in our own lives. And so it's not that we fear him. It's just that we acknowledge him and we know where he belongs. And so there's, there's goodness in that and having that authority. But the next one is Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. And it says, there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, the hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utter lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. And so this one, I was like, woo, I'm like, this is one of the seven things that literally is an abomination to God. So if you're out there trying to even cause problems and cause arguments and cause fights, women like, and I try not to do this so harshly, but like I was this girl where I thought having these rough arguments with men meant that they loved me because they were having arguments with me. Like 
we're not caught. We're not called to cause problems for people on purpose for our selfish gain. So just remember that that is an actual abomination to him. And it's serious. He calls us not to spread strife among brothers. That's face-to-face text messages, social media, YouTube videos about things and people bashing people, judging people, criticizing people. Like it's big. It's important. Yeah. When I sit here and I read the word spreads strife, it makes me think of like Ooh. a fire, like a wildfire spreading yeah. and how like you can literally light one tiny little match and it'll just spread. Right. But like, if we light that one little match, even if it wasn't intentional, we can go put that one little flame out. But if we don't put it out, it's going to spread and spread and spread. That also makes me think of gossiping, like spreading strife among brothers. That also could mean you're gossiping about someone else's fight. Like that just got me a little bit where you're like, did you hear what happened between so-and-so? Did you see, like, I've done it. You know, and it's like, I think about that and I'm like, ooh, it says the one who spreads strife among brothers. It doesn't say among one brother, like among one person or among another. It's among brothers. And that's like even a way of understanding that if you're over here spreading rumors or even spreading truth about what happened, but just to just to look like, you know, something like that's an abomination to God because you're causing strife and getting people to pick sides or have judgments or, you know, whatever that might be. Yeah. Hmm. And if you're spreading rumors and gossip because you're bored, girl, go find something else to do. <laughs> I swear. I know some people, I think they just do it just because they're bored. Yeah. And I'm like, go find a hobby, take a knitting or take yeah. a something. I also feel like people <laughs> that struggle with that, they struggle to find value. They just don't have that, that, they don't know what their value is. So they feel like if yes. they know something that they have yeah. you in something, you know, but yeah. you said, have... so much yeah. more out there. Yes. <laughs> like some, what I mean by that is like, find something that gives you purpose. I think yeah. that's what you're saying too. Like you got to have something with a sense of purpose so that you're not so focused on everybody else's business. So we are going to go ahead and close it out with our soul assignment today. And so what we want to recommend that you do is Ask the Lord and shoot, I know I need to do this. Take some time and just ask the Lord to rid you of any pride that may be causing strife in your life. You know, if you strife in your life, I'm a poet and I didn't know it. (laughs) Um, But if you're having, you know, strife with your spouse or a good friend or whatever, like take a second and be like, God, like bring to light any pride inside of me. Because in Proverbs, it does say where the spirit of strife is, there's the spirit of pride. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, Lord, show me if there is any pride inside of me that, you know, needs to be pulled out and please pull it out by the root. And like, if I need to apologize to someone, let me, you know, help me to do that. And I think we can even attach what Sid called out to some of you ladies earlier in this episode is if there's anyone that you need to go make men's with, attach that to this week's soul assignment, go do it. There's nothing that can happen. How did you word it? Sid? like, There's nothing bad that's going to happen even on the other side of heaven if you go make amends with someone, even if they don't accept it. You know how much healing is going to happen in your heart if you do that? Like even if they don't accept it or even if they don't respond, you making that amend or you apologizing or you trying to make amends is healing for yourself without a doubt. And so I think we can attach that to this week as well. Yeah. And something else that just came to me is, you know, sometimes I can even be the type of person where like, if I'm emotional and I want to come and have like a serious conversation, I might, you know, I I might get more emotional or I might forget to say something that I want to say, or I may even say something 
in a way that I don't mean for it to come out. Mm-hmm. Something else I, l- I learned in therapy, write the person a letter, yeah. like literally take the time, like, please don't do it through a text. For some reason, text can just be taken so the wrong way. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a time and place that you can use a text message, yeah. but writing a letter can be use so them emojis. <laughs> yes. Use tons of emojis if you need to. Um, but yeah, like seriously writing a letter and that may sound so weird and awkward, but like you can text the person and say, Hey, like you've really been on my heart. I'm going to write you a letter. I know this may sound weird, but I'm going to write you a letter and like send it to them or go drop it off at their house. Because what you can do is you can write it out. You can go back, you can erase, you can edit it. You can change things that may not sound how you want them to sound. Um, and so you're, you're kind of doing it without all the emotion involved. If yeah, that that's good. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to pray us out and we really hope that this episode blessed you guys and just know that everyone does struggle with this. There's no one that is just like never going to struggle with this ever again. So we hope that this is helpful, but just know that like we said, you have the authority in Jesus and that he through his word guides us through this and how to have grace and how to have love in our hearts. And by doing that, you'll be able to overcome this spirit of strife when the enemy does try to come in between these kingdom relationships um, that are pleasing to God. And so, yeah, we love you guys and I'll pray us out. Jolie, Father, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you give us your word that helps us take ownership over the enemy and our authority in you um, allows us to, to not participate in the spirit of strife and that we are able to take these arguments or these quarrels or offenses that are thrown at us or that we have activated and participated in. And you show us the right way. You show us the path that we need to go down on so that we can live a more joyous, uh, joyous and healthy life with our peers, with our friends, with our spouses, with our significant others. Um, we just, I just pray specifically over the individual who has um, some broken relationships that were caused by the spirit of strife and that you just help her be able to mend those and that the person that she's mending with also receives that if that's your will, God, and that you just help give the words that this individual needs to be able to do that. Um, I also pray for any um, relationships that are going through this and that the enemy has come in and just taken a place in their relationship. And we just pray in the name of Jesus that he has to flee. And that there is a reconciliation between uh, marriages and spouses and and relationships and that um, they can then find grace and peace and joy between each other again. And that they can pray and laugh it off and reassure each other and just be um, together and in unity again. And so, yes, we love you, Jesus. And we thank you for all that you do for us. Um, I just pray that every individual listening to this has a blessed week and that's it in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. Just for hanging out with us. We want to give you a free gift. Go to withinhersoul.co slash freebie to grab your free quiet time template. This will be your guide during your alone time with Jesus. You'll journal your highs and lows, record your prayers, and you'll be able to express how you feel the Lord is speaking to you every time you spend time with him. It's extremely helpful if you're needing some guidance on how to find a quiet time routine that works for you. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. You can also catch us at withinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week.
See you then.